Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest today is Gemma Westall. She began her menopause journey aged just 27 years old, but didn't actually realise for another 12 long years. Despite repeated doctor's appointments and expensive specialists trying to figure out what was wrong, Gemma finally understood that she was perimenopausal thanks to an Instagram post. Starting HRT at 39 changed her life, but also made her question the lack of education for women and doctors. Any information she could find was aimed directly at menopausal midlifers, which led to her creating Ageless Menopause Information, or Amy, on Instagram in the hope that she could pass on the information she wishes she'd had in her 20s. Gemma is a yoga teacher and now also teaches menopause yoga workshops. A self-professed geek, you'll often find her with her nose in a book or chatting to just about anyone who'll listen about menopause. Welcome to the podcast, Gemma. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. I, I'm, I must say I'm, I'm a self-professed geek as well and um, yeah. my, my book pile is, is getting dangerously high. I seem to have developed a, a bad habit in midlife of starting books but not finishing them. So, Oh yes, especially informational books that, you know, surrounding menopause, I'll sort of dip in and out and find the bits I want and then toss them aside until next time. So yeah, I've got <laughs> books with all sorts of post-its hanging out and <laughs> yeah yeah there you go lady well, up my own heart <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so so tell us how we'll talk a little bit about the the kind of the Instagram account in a bit and, and sort of how and why you you decided to set that up but 12 years is a very long time to mm. to be kind of going through that process of trying to figure out what was happening for you how did that all kind of kick off at what point did you sort of start searching for for answers well I was around 27 I remember it well you know usually it's difficult to trace it back but I, I remember it well because it was after I'd had my second child mm. so the um the return to your cycle after you've had a baby it can it can be unpredictable it can be difficult or you know and I kept on finding that every time I was having a period or just after usually I would have a week maybe just over a week of this incredible itching um around the vulva area um and sometimes it felt like it was going a little bit more internally um it was so uncomfortable and I just I can remember getting to a point where I would dread it and I would just think oh god now am I gonna go like am I gonna have my period and finish it and go back to normal or am I still gonna have this but of course I was in the mindset of maybe this is just my cycle trying to settle down having had the baby um and I just kept on just kept pushing through as we hear so many people say (laughs) Mm. so then yeah that started to develop into what I thought at the time was recurrent thrush I kept on, you know, having the discharge and then more discomfort and the burning and all that kind of stuff that would happen all the time, not just when I'd finished a period. So I started seeing doctors then about about this and thinking, well, come on, this this can't be right. Like, you know, we need to get this settled. I'd have fluconazole, like the the thrush tablet capsule things. I had Mm. them at one point, I had them continuously for three months. Um, to try and sort of reset what was going on. But of course now, I mean, jumping the gun a little bit, I, I can understand that that was vaginal dryness you know that was that was what we now recognize as a perimenopausal symptom of um, dryness occurring my body trying very desperately to readdress the balance of hydration in the area and creating all sorts of discharge and sensations and things so even though I was treating for thrush it wasn't actually that most of the time sometimes it was because that's just how how it had developed with the pH balance being all different but um, 
yeah, that was a nightmare. And then it, it, that continued and continued and eventually it turned into reoccurrent UTIs. Mm. So I would have cystitis um, or, or UTI every three months maybe. And not just a little bit where, you know, you could have a sachet and, you know, you'd be all right after a little while. Mm. I would be rolling around on the bathroom floor in the middle of the night trying to get hold of emergency doctors. and With, with young you know, children as well, presumably, yeah. and dealing with all of that on the side. Awful, yeah, horrendous. And, you know, I'm sure lots and lots of women can sympathise with how awful cystitis can be, but I sort of then lived with the fear of it, mm. you know. So I, I knew I couldn't go for too long without another one coming. And that, that really impacts your mental health, you know. And every time I got another one, I think, goodness, what is this and why is what's wrong with me was that just yeah. reoccurring question don't, don't trust your body it's like no. what, what, what is going on exactly and so all of that time that was going on for years literally for years and alongside that it's only sort of fairly recently in the past few years that I've realized that my fatigue levels were crazy like i at the time I had two young children. So mm. this all started after my second child. So I had a two-year-old and a baby. So I thought, of course, I'm going to be tired, oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I'm just a tired young mum, you know, and I just put up with that, you know, that's just what I thought was right. Never really realized that my level of fatigue was probably a little bit more intense than it should have been. So that was, I started to recognize as I tracked back potentially another symptom. I went to all sorts of different people. <laughs> I went to all sorts of different doctors. I went to specialists for gynecology, obviously. Um, had lots and lots of different tests, always to be told the same thing. There's nothing wrong with you. I would went to a urologist about mm-hmm. the bladder issues and things because I started to get like very, very sensitive to all sorts of things like alcohol. Would I would be able to feel it in my bladder? I, I used to describe it as it would make my bladder itch. Um, because I'd had some, I had I'd had a drink, and I knew it was going to go wrong, so I'd then have to drink loads of water, which obviously kills a night out. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't really enjoying myself much. Had to worry about what I was wearing all the time as well, like if I had mm. my trousers were too tight, or if I was wearing tights, or all that kind of thing. But urologists didn't come up with anything. Eventually, was linking things to my cycle. Started going, okay, maybe I need to see a hormone specialist. So I went to see um, an endocrinologist. They took bloods, did all that kind of thing. Lo and behold, there's nothing wrong with you. And it just kept on going and going. And I just was getting more and more upset. I had um, a situation sort of in the middle of those 12 years where um, my grandmother passed away and then my other grandparents became very unwell with Alzheimer's and I was very involved in helping to look after them. You know, a very high stress time of life. And I just couldn't handle it I fell to pieces I I mean I did as much as I could over like a year or so but then just fell apart lost my job you know like just it was it was just awful really really bad time and when you look at all of these stories that we now see all over the paper or thank goodness for Davina's programs and things these are all big major symptoms you know things that I could track back to it being because of perimenopause Mm. Um, but every time I saw a doctor they would of course say how are your periods? And I say, oh, they're okay, thanks. Because that was it. Every month, you know, no problem, 28 days on the mark. I'd have a very light period. I was quite lucky in that sense. So I didn't have anything to report there. 
And anything that I did see in my own research, being that self-professed geek, I was constantly <laughs> well looking for answers. Right? <laughs> Why do I keep getting recurrent UTIs? What is it all about? Anything that said the word menopause, in my mind, oh, that's just to do with your periods, isn't it? You know, so as, of course, as me and the doctors are all on the same page. I didn't have any knowledge, and those doctors had no reason to look any further than how are your periods. Mm, because you were but, um, because you were so much younger they just yeah, didn't exactly. even consider it as an option no exactly so um just went on and on and as I say my mental health suffered as as a result um I especially would get incredibly low anytime I got something you know whether it was thrush or UTI I would be really beating myself up you know because it started to become you know I had a terrible relationship with my own body I think mm. what's wrong with you you know like I'm trying to do this I'm trying to do that and every time I try and do something to better myself, this comes along and messes it up. And like, I, I really lost faith in my own body. It must be incredibly difficult when you're repeatedly told there's nothing wrong with you, but you know that it's this can't be right. And, Absolutely. And I mean, you know, even now when I look back, there was such funny telltales. i just done a post recently on the page um, regarding breast changes. And as I was looking at them, I sort of, realized that I had this too you know like I w- in 2018 I had breast implants I had an enlargement because I'd really lost faith in my body as I say mm. not just in how it was behaving but in how it was looking as well like I was I've always had a small chest and everything you know and but I really noticed that after I, have, I went on to have another baby in, in amongst all of that after the three children my body had changed again but my breasts had really changed and they just looked awful and I just I can remember seeing them and thinking oh god they've lost all sorts of content you know they just were like empty and like it, it was really really getting to me and now mm. when I was doing the research for that post I was like oh my gosh there we go that that was another symptom the loss of elasticity the loss of like you know any kind of tissue around that area was all changed yeah so I then ended up having having breast implants I mean I mean, don't get me wrong, I love them, but, but but maybe I wouldn't have needed them if I hadn't gone into early perimenopause, who, who knows? But it's just interesting when you look back that there were all of these telltale signs. And I think that's why I got so frustrated and why I am still so frustrated that, you know, why didn't I know this? Hmm. I, I am somebody that goes looking for answers. I am, you know, I'm hungry for information, but I just couldn't find it. And it could have sold me a lot of a lot of years of suffering and struggling physically and mentally if I had you know found the page that I'm hoping I'm offering to people Mm. now you know just lots of information but in a digestible way because yeah you know I figured it out thanks to Davina so so what was your your light bulb (laughs) moment was was a post from Davina McCall yeah, well, not necessarily post. It was, um, I'm mad on skincare. Absolutely love anything to do with skincare. So I'm a big fan of Caroline Hyron's. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was watching her. So I wasn't even looking for anything to do with menopause. <laughs> I was um, looking at skincare because it's just a, a guilty pleasure. So um, she said, oh, I'm going to have this chat with her. We're going to talk about menopausal skin. I, I, I think I had... I hadn't not a lot to do that day. I probably did have loads to do, but I was procrastinating. <laughs> so I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, this isn't relevant to me, but um, I'll sit and watch it anyway, whatever. And as they started talking, I just went, oh my gosh, 
you know and they kept on saying these things about it's not just to do with periods and it's not just to do with hot flushes because I've never had a hot flush still Mm. to this day I haven't had a hot flush it can be this and it can be that and the moment she said UTIs that was it I was just like oh my god this is what's wrong with me I found Mm. it and Oh, it actually makes me a bit emotional. I can see, I can see yeah, like you're kind of you're reliving that moment of yeah, yeah it's twelve crazy. years of of like you say, going yeah. through it, it being all consuming and taking over yeah. your life and and totally changing your relationship with your body. Yeah, absolutely, and I just I came off of that watching that, and I said to my husband, "This is what it is." I said, "Are we going to have to go?" I'm not talking to doctors anymore. Don't get me wrong. I respect doctors very much. Mm. But after so many years of getting the same response over and over and over again, I've lost trust in them as well. I did lose trust in them or their knowledge. And actually, I think I've come to the point now where I go, do you know what? They're just other humans. They're other human beings. They're not godly. They don't know everything. They're just learning the way that we're all learning. Mm. So, you know, no one's to blame. But I needed to go and see someone who had a specialism in this. So I made an appointment privately. Yeah had to wait for, for about two two and a half months I think the wait was even privately and in that time kept a diary of all my symptoms and started to really put you know the pieces of the puzzle together um to, to the point I was so excited I couldn't wait to have my <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is yeah so then I had a wonderful wonderful doctor and she, she just straight away just said, Gemma, you're the perfect patient. She said, you've done all your homework. You've done all your, re- like your research. You've put your diary together. She said, I don't need to know anymore. I, you need HRT. Mm. And I was, I'd, I'd know this from what I've been reading. And, you know, I was, I was counting on it, making all the difference. So, um, yeah, once I started, I mean, I'm very, very sensitive physically to anything. I'm, I'm allergic to a fair lot of medication, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. My body is just very aware when you do something different to it. So, the minute I started taking that HRT, within days, I felt like a different person. Really? Absolute different person. So I read, I'd read, you know, it can take months for it to feel different. You know, you give it time, you'll have problems. But I just felt different within what, days. What, what were the first things that, that you noticed? Energy, my energy and the brain fog. Because oh, I haven't even spoken about that, so like, I think that is still lingering a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was that was a huge problem. Towards the end of that journey, the brain fog was just too much. I just couldn't couldn't get my words out, you know, and I'm, I'm a talkative person. <laughs> and, so, you know, I've got a lot to say usually. And I felt like I was in my head, but I was behind a sheet of glass, you know, like this version of me could not get through for love nor money. It was awful. So that really improved quite quickly. Yeah. And the the energy, just this energy from nowhere. I just couldn't believe it. I was just so, I thought, wow, this is what I was supposed to feel like. It was just wonderful this time. Yeah. And, and did it impact uh, also on your kind of recurrent UTIs? Did you go I through? haven't had touch wood a UTI since I started. That's amazing. So yeah, it's just incredible. For those people that you know don't necessarily understand why or how that happens, the um the reduction in estrogen in the body, every single cell, as I'm sure we're all aware, is is um, influenced by estrogen, but especially um, with regards to hydration of those cells mm. and especially around the sex organs. So anywhere in the vagina, the vulva, and also in the urethra can become thin, very, mm. very thin as a result of not being hydrated properly. That meant that there were microscopic tears all through my urethra as a result of dryness and inflexibility. And bacteria just had a party. They just lived in there constantly. Mm. So it would just take 
like an overgrowth of one part of bacteria that was teeny tiny and then I'd have another one just fighting so and losing battle yeah, there was no way you could constant. win yeah. yeah so then once the estrogen started to replenish and you know started to get all those tissues a, a bit more healthy and a bit more hydrated I, I literally haven't had one since so oh. yeah so completely life-changing I don't worry about I mean I'm a yoga teacher I'm constantly in yoga leggings I used to worry about that I used to be more of a harem pants kind of teacher um but now I'm all over my leggings don't worry about it you know I just I don't have any concerns at all I can drink alcohol not that I drink a lot of it but you know I can without being worried about it yeah and just I really trust in my body again and I, I feel like I've had to re-establish that kind of connection where I've you know, I feel my body going, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You've figured it out. And like, I'm just really, really happy with, with that now. So, yeah. And amazing. you've poured some of that energy in, into creating Amy, the Asia's oh, yeah. Menopause Info, for yeah. other people like you who hopefully, as a result, won't have to spend 12 years battling uh, with with this situation that, that, that you've been through. Yeah, Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's relatable. Hopefully it's, you know, bite-sized chunks of information that may or may not apply to you, but, and always kind of trying to keep it very general. I mean, I found when I was looking for information, it was, it was always quite focused on a certain type of woman or a certain thing that had happened to her and especially as Davina's shows came out around about the time that I was figuring it all out there was a lot of anger around the sort of consciousness of these women that were sort of saying we've been missed or you know we're losing our jobs or we need HRT for free we know you know and that's great and I completely understand it but as a newcomer coming in and going what on earth are they talking about you know like what (laughs) you know I don't get it so I just needed the basics and I needed them to come from someone maybe who looked a bit like me I don't know or maybe not someone who looked so much older because I just wasn't relating I was thinking oh but that can't be me because look she's she's much older than me or you know but hopefully it is it is creating that I've had some lovely lovely messages from people if anything it's it's been a lovely thing for me to connect with so many people and chit chat and going into messages and I'm happy to talk to anyone about it you know I don't I'm not a coach or I'm not it's not a money-making thing for me I respect anyone who does have a business in that way but for me it's just about providing and sharing that information I don't I don't tend to say anything is my word I tend to sort of say here's some information and this is where I got it from Mm -hmm. so I'll put a post and then in the stories I do lots of links to other places that are you know I've got that expertise so it's just I'm just signposting I'm just a giant signpost <laughs> <laughs> but as you say um you maybe wouldn't have been looking in the places where that information might have been available mm. to you because of the kind of the age group the demographic that you were mm. sitting in at that time so yeah the more diversity of voices that we have talking about this the, the more likely it is that that messaging is going to get to the right person at the, at the right time yeah and I think um it encourages I mean anything that encourages that conversation is great because I know when I put a post up before I started Amy I put a post on my personal Instagram about world menopause awareness day and I said you know what it's time I've got to tell you I've I'm amazed at this you know it's just to all my friends and family people that I knew that I've found what has been going on with me whether they knew about it or not you know and I'm, I'm proud to say that I've got my patches on and I'm doing amazing 
the amount of people who messaged me and went, oh my gosh, Jen, me too. And I thought, oh, you know, like, and I would never have known the same mm. way they would never have known. And we we're all kind of around about the same age, like people I've seen in the school playground or, you know, friends of friends or whatever. And, you know, you go, oh my goodness, why are we not talking about this? <laughs> so that was really good as well to be able to, um, to be able to, you know, share that information and then find people who are reflecting it back at me as well. So it's, it's good for me and hopefully it's good for other people. Through through uh, the last couple of years, you also decided to train as a menopause yoga instructor. Have you found that that has also helped you in addition to the HRT? Yoga in general, absolutely, a million percent. I mean, it's 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 always helped to try to keep me grounded, to keep me calm. As I said earlier, with regards to that sort of middle part of my journey where I, I lost myself somewhat there with a lot of stress and um, ended up on antidepressants and all that kind of stuff. I'm not on all that anymore, but I do put that down to my practice in yoga. I find that it helped, to, as I say, to keep me grounded, to keep me calm and to help me listen to that internal voice a little bit more so although I was losing faith in my body I needed to stay present and current in my mind and I needed to be aware that you know there's that negative voice isn't me so I, I will quite often be heard talking to myself going oh just shut up just shush you don't know what you're talking about but actually <laughs> I was just talking to that negative voice in my mind and I had to learn to really separate myself from that voice so that I could navigate the journey and for me yoga does that it's the it's the quiet quietening down of the world so that you can hear what's happening internally internally mm. um that introception is, is the most important part of practice for me um that's interesting because we, we talk we, we talk we talk a lot about the importance of exercise and yeah. uh yeah strength training for our sort of joint for our bones and, and muscles mm. and sort of yoga for flexibility but we don't perhaps talk so much about the, the sort of the non-physical element of, of especially yoga, mm. but you, you found that that was quite powerful. Yeah, so I mean, you. I can lose myself in a flow, you know, don't get me wrong, of course it is, it can be physically challenging, it depends, it, it, it's your choice, and I think that's what people get mixed up with with yoga, is they think, mm. if I'm going to do it, I have to look like that woman on Instagram doing it, or that person on the telly, or that woman on YouTube, or, but it doesn't have to be that way, and if you're going to do it for a specific thing, for example, if you've got some back pain or something, and of course, go and follow onto someone, but for me, the best kind of yoga is is the kind that I listen to my body and move how it asks me to you know so pandiculation for example is is what is a kind of stretch they call when you see animals who have been asleep and then they get up Mm, and they stretch yeah (laughs) they they curl around or they stretch their legs or they in downward facing dog you know my dogs are doing it all the time you know but they they're not working to a set kind of routine or anything no one's taught them how to do that they're basically listening to their body just feels stretching yeah they're just stretching the bit that wants to be stretched and how it feels so you know I tend to work around that when I'm working for myself obviously I have I teach other people in flows and sessions and things and it's different but for my own journey it has been about moving and listening and um and creating that quiet and that space and listening to what not just your body needs, but what your mind needs as well. So that always was a great um, point of interest for me when I was learning to become a teacher was how different areas of the body can relate to different emotion, can relate to, you know, different things that are going on in the mind and how it can show up in the body. I'm a great believer in that as well. So, 
yeah, it is, it is a different way of looking at it. I just, I just would love for more people to understand that yoga is, you can sit still and breathe and it's yoga. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just, as long as you're being conscious and, you know, that you're, you're purposefully sitting and breathing, you know, you're, you're doing it. And I, I think a lot of people are scared off when they see handstands and back bends and all that kind of thing I don't do any of that sort of stuff I don't believe that. I'm pretty sure that the damage would be done if I tried to do a handstand oh, <laughs> I've definitely hurt myself trying and in the early days don't get me wrong it was I was doing the same thing I was trying to behave in the way that these people were around me until I found what I was doing it for so I think there's a lot a lot of advice out there you know go and exercise go and do this go and do that but mm. I always say to people you know what are you, what are you here for why what do you want to be doing it for you know like so in my classes for example when I teach regularly a, a local gym to us I people who come to my classes know that we won't be doing handstands and backbends and all this kind of stuff although it's amazing and I respect people who can do that with their bodies I always say to people well, I'm here for longevity I'm here so that when you're 80 odd mm. you can bend over and put your shoes on do you know what I mean it's it's <laughs> that kind of, of idea yeah exactly <laughs> so as long as you're building a certain amount of strength in the body and you know we're we're kind of working towards old age and of course that does work with coming into menopause as well and understanding mm. different parts of your body that are going to be reacting and responding in certain ways um yeah you're still you're still practicing yoga the menopause side for me I think again is is mostly mental I, I really love the idea of giving space um to women who want to just listen to themselves and not have to care and worry about everybody else mm. for a minute so that time on your mat I will always say is precious you know that's that's you time and you should honor yourself for dedicating that time and space to yourself even if you do just lay there and breathe you know because it's it's just as important as if you did like 10 sun salutations you know it's 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 more important as far as I'm concerned mm. are there other things that you feel you've been able to do in this last year to kind of come back to your body to reclaim that that relationship with regards to the yoga do you mean or just sort of generally I kind of think you know 12 years is such an incredibly <laughs> long time to be in that difficult space where you're you know you, you're sort of you're gaslit you're you're anxious you're you know you as you said you know you don't you can't trust your your body any longer and you're sort of constantly almost fearful of of what it's gonna Mm. serve up to you next I probably found a sense of I don't know how to describe it really just a sense of knowing in myself again and understanding my body as I've learned all of these new things and as I say I'm still learning them when I looked back at the Mm. the whole breast changes thing the other day and was like oh that's why I had implants you know that kind of thing and sort of finding out and forgiving, forgiving the past a little bit. I know it sounds a little bit, you know, hippie or whatever, but no. it's just that idea of, of how much I'd put myself through mentally. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? My God, what's wrong with my body? Why can't you just be like everybody else? Or why are you so tired all the time? You know, and that kind of just, you know, letting myself off for that now. I'm going, okay, it was okay. Don't worry. That's we, we didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's a really strange sense that yeah it's just a knowing now that I wasn't mm. going mad being able I to be kinder 
to yourself yeah much much kinder to myself yeah that's definitely it I mean and we hear so many people throwing around the terms of self-love and all that kind of thing to the point where it's become so cliche but it is so incredibly important to be able to to look at yourself and think there we go well done we're doing it (laughs) we're you know we're looking after ourselves and I think it has probably made me a bit bolder um a bit sort of stronger um especially when it comes to standing up and saying what you don't want to do because I think I've read this a lot about people saying that the menopausal years mm. are the times when you sort of don't care anymore. You know, you just go, no, this is it. I'm done. Priorities. You know, yeah. Shift. So, and I think family will definitely <laughs> testify to that with me just going, no, nope, not doing it. <laughs> so I think I have found that because like you say, for 12 years of being constantly, oh, you know, what, what is this all about? I just, I felt like I was just dragging myself around mm. from place to place. Whereas now I feel like I'll go with purpose. You've got your wholehearted yes rather than a half-hearted. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, and a, and a wholehearted no as well. I must have <laughs> I've just found that place where I can that I can speak from now because I feel whole again. You know, like I've got mind mind in place, body in place. We're all all working as one under this happy yoga umbrella. <laughs> and and I, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm good. That's a fantastic place to finish. Well, I'm so happy that that you're using some of that uh, newfound energy to put into Amy, Aegis Menopause Info on Instagram. We'll pop a link into the show notes. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I think you've got a really, a really lovely kind of style with the, the sort of the conversational way that, that you share stuff on there. So yeah, all Thank success you. to you. And to you too. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.